Good morning and welcome to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And a very good morning to you. I trust that this finds you well and in all things that you know the Lord's blessing and presence upon you and with you as you journey into this yet another new week in this new year that we are having. Well, with things having happened as they have over the last number of weeks, we have listened to much on the news about change, about the need for change, and plenty of rhetoric of how that could happen, should happen, may happen, would happen. And, like many things, who knows? At the end of the day, will anything happen? I was taken by one lady as she spoke on the news about various different protests and marches that she's gone and been involved in since the 1980s in regard to ladies' rights and ladies and the things that ladies go and encounter on a weekly and daily basis or hourly basis maybe. And she said, I was protesting then and protesting now and nothing has been done. That to me is a real genuine statement by a lady who cares. But you know folks, when I stop to reflect on about things being done and what needs to be done, etc., I've been listening to the news saying that, well, you know, things need to be brought in and education needs to happen in primary school and discussions need to take place about such things, about how it is that we ought to behave. The truth is, if we claim to be a Christian community, if we claim to be followers of Christ, irrespective of what denomination it is that you go to, it should be happening at your breakfast table, it should be happening at your tea table, it should be happening in every area and arena of your life. But if you're someone whose Christianity is half an hour on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening or an hour on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or maybe you go to a church where it's two hours or three hours long but that's it and it doesn't impact or affect Monday through to the following Sunday well, then it is going to have very little impact upon our society. When I was growing up, one of the things that I was very privileged to have in the school I attended was scripture exams. And part of those scripture exams was we had to actually learn portions of scripture off by heart. And I see the validity in that at this point in time when these discussions came up, because it did impact well at least my behavior and i'm sure the behavior of others throughout their lives one such portion of scripture which i am going to read to you now is found in luke's gospel in chapter 6 beginning at verse 27 under the heading love for enemies but i tell you who hear me love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who ill-treat you if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them to do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? 
Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expectation to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings out good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. This is one of those passages of scripture that... We had to learn off by heart. Now, I can't recite it word perfect or anything now, but it is amazing the number of sayings or statements out of that portion of scripture that have stuck with me. You see, I genuinely believe that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, as Christians, as Christian people, irrespective of denomination, have been given the keys to transform society to change our world and to change it for the better. Problem I would also suggest though is that, well, for those who go to church, they know this and have experienced this all their lives. For the vast majority who do not attend church, and let's be honest, the vast majority do not attend church, all this wisdom is lost. But it is lost because it's not shared at the kitchen table. It is lost because people have ended up that they don't talk about the teachings of Jesus Christ anymore. Isn't it so simplistic? A verse like Luke 6 and 31, Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you? Of course it is. But when you think about it, it is so profound. If you stopped up and thought about every word you were going to say, every action you were going to commit, and ask yourself the question, would I like it if someone said that to me? And if the answer is no, then didn't say it. Or would I like it if someone went and did this to me? And then when you thought about it, you'd be like, no, well, I wouldn't like it if someone did that to me. And so you don't do it to somebody else. Would it impact our world? Absolutely it would impact our world. But it's not only in the action, it's also in this speaking. Sharing. That, well, my rule for life is something as simple as this. 
do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. But is that something that you would share with somebody else? Just a thought. We'll take it up again after the break. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. As I was saying, I've been considering, I've really been giving much thought to whether it is that we as Christians have failed, basically, to fulfil God's mission in our society. And hand on heart, I believe that we have. I have, you have, we all have. God's mission at the end of the day is that people would come to know him as their Lord and Saviour. But not only that, that we, as his people, will be those who love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbours as ourselves. Now, if I truly loved my neighbour as myself, that would put a roadblock, that would put a checks and balances in place to the way that I act, as I was saying in our first part of the programme. I would give thought, I would consider my ways. You would give thought, you would consider your ways. As is brought out through that practical little verse in Luke 6 and verse 31, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. But you go and say, how is it that you think that you could make an impact on this society? How do you think that you could change the world? How do you think that your Christianity can have any impact in today's society? Well, I think that there are two ways that it can do that. Because God has given us two things. One is your personal story as a Christian, which we call a testimony. And the second is the Word of God, which is the Bible. Now, here's the thing. With the testimony, that's your personal story, your personal journey with God. If, when you think of your Christian journey, that it is only summed up in, well, I know as a baby, I was brought to the church, and there was some water was placed upon me. Then when I came to a certain age, I ended up, I had my first communion and confirmation took place. Well, I would suggest if you have reduced your Christian faith to that, you have missed the point. Because it isn't about the formula and doing those things, even though those things are very significant in one's life. What is more important is how you walk day by day. Scripture goes and says that we are supposed to stay in step with the Spirit of God. Now, when I start to use language like that, is that language you understand? Do you know what it is to walk with God? Genesis goes and tells us that Adam went and walked with God in the cool of the evening. Not only Adam, in fact, but Adam and Eve walked together with God in the cool of the evening. Further on, it tells us that Enoch walked with the Lord. And we too are supposed to be a people who walk with God. God walks with us, but the question is, do we walk with him? God is Emmanuel. He is present. He is ever-present. But do we recognize and acknowledge him? So, I tell you, there are two ways that we can go and change the world. Through God's word, the Bible, and through our testimony, which is God's work in our lives, God's work in your life. Don't believe me? Well, I would encourage you to read the story in Mark chapter 5 of the man who was healed 
of being demon-possessed. You know the story. It's the story where this man who was demon-possessed came to Jesus. And what took place was, when Jesus asked him his name, and we pick up the story in Mark 5, verse 9, then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Those telling the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people were, went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Those had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting to the boat, and this is the piece of the story that really fascinates me please listen to this folks as jesus was getting to the boat the man who was demon possessed begged to go with him and jesus did not let him but said go home to your family and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you so the man went away and began to tell in the decapolis how much jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed you see here was a man who was just being faithful and obedient in sharing his story of what the Lord did for him. And it tells us that all the people were amazed. Now here's the thing. Jesus had come to town and the people of that town, after the pigs had been got killed and all the rest of it, were afraid of Jesus. I mean, after all, he'd done them an awful lot of financial damage along with other things. And so they want rid of him and they told him to leave. And Jesus sent this man back and said, You just tell the people what the Lord has done for me. Well, if you find the Bible, and I would encourage you to do this, and look up Mark's Gospel and skip then from Mark chapter 5 to Mark chapter 7, you discover the impact that this man made. And here's my point when I'm talking about changing society. So Jesus, after being run out of town, ends up then, he goes back to that very same place. And this is what happens. Listen to this. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There we go, the same place that the man was. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put the fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man his tongue he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him Ephatha, which means be opened at this the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly and jesus commanded them not to tell anyone but the more he did so the more they kept talking about it and people were overwhelmed with amazement he has done everything well they said he even makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak how did that miracle actually come to take place? That miracle came to take place because of the testimony of the first man who Jesus went back and sent back into town to share his story. Folks, your story of what the Lord has done for you can transform 
the lives around about you. The question that I'm going to ask you is this. What has the Lord done for you? Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Now, we have been looking at that passage of practical teaching from Luke's Gospel in chapter 6 about what it is and how it is that we should treat one another in society. We've looked at how it is that we can make an impact in society, looking at the man from Mark chapter 5, and when Jesus had healed him, how in his going back into the town and fulfilling what Jesus told him to do, transform that town. The next time Jesus came, they actually went out to meet him. Here were the people, it says a crowd had gathered. Same, the, last, the first time a crowd gathered to tell him to go away. The second time a crowd gathered, they wanted to see him perform yet another miracle and transform the life of yet an, another person. Why is all of that? As I've said, it's because of the story of one man. Now, that brings me to the question, what is your story? What is it that you can go and say that God has done for you? Maybe this is something that you've never thought of. Maybe this is something that you don't even know what God has done for you. Which is very possible. Maybe you've been someone who's just been faithfully just walking through your Christian life without giving it much thought of what it is that God has done for you. How it is that God has preserved your life. What way is it that God has intervened or stepped in. When I look back over my life, I can see the miracles that God did in my life that I am alive still today. One of those such miracles I would like to share is when I was working for a particular tyre place once upon a time, we ended up that I had a wheel on a machine and I was fixing, it was a rear tractor wheel. And I was fixing the wheel and I had been pumping it up. Didn't pump it over hard or anything like that. No, no, it was still within balance. Nor was it that it could be pumped up because it was being controlled, monitored by the gauge. And I was waiting just for a little piece to go and pop out at the top of the rim. The wheel was clamped to the machine so it couldn't go anywhere. And I was standing fixing this old tractor wheel and this was the story. I was waiting for that small little piece to go and pop out. Well, a lady came to the business and as I was the only one in the workshop at the time, I went out to talk to her. And no sooner than I had gone out to talk to her, the tyre exploded on the machine, filling the place with dust and dirt and air everywhere. Coincidence, you say? No, I don't believe so. And here's why. The timing of it was just too perfect. If that lady had been 20 seconds earlier, nothing would have happened. If that lady had been 20 seconds later, that tyre had exploded right in my face. The precision of the timing was miraculous. Nothing short of it. And there's many other stories I could share of how it was that God intervened. I had done nothing wrong. Everything had been by the book in regard to going and fixing and repairing the tyre. And yes, just because the wall of it was actually a bit thin and weak is what happened and the tyre then exploded. It would have exploded in my face. But, I believe, for God's prevention. Psalm 91 goes and states in verses 14, 15 and 16, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And folks, when I look back over my life, and I'm not a very old man yet or anything, but still, when I look back over my life, 
as it has been. There have been so many times that I should be dead, that I'm not dead, that I know that the Lord has preserved my life. The Lord has been fulfilling that promise to me, that with long life will I satisfy him. My story can transform lives because it's God's story of what he has actually done in my life. God's word can transform lives because it is God's word and it is the sword of the spirit. And it goes and tells us in Hebrews that God's word cuts and divides bone from marrow. You see that's a very graphic description. But the point is this. That God's word can transform lives and our society. The problem is that over this last number of decades in this country. What we have done is that we have gone and sidelined God's word. Bibles are more commonplace today than ever before. You can have an app on your phone. You can actually listen to it on audio. You can download it from YouTube. It's so commonplace. It's so accessible. And yet it remains more than ever the one book that nobody goes and touches. It's interesting how many people will tell you that it's out of date. It is interesting how many people will tell you that there's issues or problems with it. But when you ask them a few questions in regard to reading it, they haven't studied it all. They haven't even opened the book. They haven't read a word from it. One day I was having a conversation with a young man and he was telling me, Oh, sure, I know all about the Bible. He says, it's all just full of this. It's all about the love of God. I said, really? So have you read it? And he'd been telling me of all the horror movies and everything else that he'd been looking at before that. And so I went and said to him, Okay, did you read the book of Judges? And no, he hadn't. So I pulled him out of Bible, put a bookmark in it at the book of Judges and handed it to him. It's all hack and slash and gore and all those terrible wars that everyone talks about. And then goes and says, look at how God allowed people to murder people and hurt people and do all sorts of terrible things. Folks, look at our world. How does it end up the same thing is still taking place? Why? Because the message of the gospel, that we should love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul and strength and love our neighbours ourselves is still being lost. The gospel being the good news. That actual passage of scripture is actually taken from the Mosaic law. That passage of scripture is actually taken from Deuteronomy. Where God is actually encouraging his people, the Israelites, to go and love him. For all that he had done for him. So here's the thing. When we go and look at our society today, we can say, well, it's not much better now. You know, the closing line of the book of Judges is this. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. See, what was taking place in the book of Judges wasn't that it was right in God's eyes. What was taking place was right in their own eyes. We fail to pick up on that point. And we look at these stories in the Bible and go and say, hmm, these are God's people and look what they're doing. Well, turn on the six o'clock news and you can still go, hmm, these are God's people and look what they're doing. The thing is, the people back then didn't know what God wanted and I would go with the risk of insulting everybody and saying today on the air, the problem with today's society is the people of God, those who profess to be Christians, 
still don't know what God is looking for in regard to their lives. Is that true of you? Welcome back to Heartlands here on Midlands 103. In the first section, I was speaking from Luke's Gospel and I was sharing about just the practical things that we could and should be doing as Christian people and what we should be speaking about. Encouraging one another, edifying one another, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, as it goes and says in the book of Hebrews. And that is... Fulfilling scriptures such as doing unto others as we'd like them to do unto us. And how that should be something that is not just taught in school, which in my case was taught in school. But also it should be something that is taught at our very breakfast table, our tea time table. You know, when I was growing up, and this is a credit to my parents, when I was growing up, and I'm sure many other homes throughout our country were the same at the time. We didn't all sit round TV at tea time. In fact, there was no TV in our house for many years. We sat, spoke and conversed with one another. And then we would finish that time with a scripture reading and prayer. Nowadays, let's be honest, what takes place is this. One, we don't sit round the table anymore. Or very few families sit round the table anymore for a meal. And secondly, we always have a TV roaring or blaring in the corner of the room. And what that does is, one, it fills our mind with whatever is going on in the TV, but two, it isolates us, even in our own homes, where we are not going and conversing and speaking about the things of the day, our ups, our downs, our feelings, our trials. And so it is very hard for people to actually move forward in their lives. And they become isolated even within their own home. Social media is a platform which, of course, has many good things. But the one thing that social media actually does is it actually goes and breaks down society. Suddenly your network is just reduced to whoever it is that you have on your social media. No longer do you converse with the person on the street. No longer do you just go and say hello and how do you do to someone that you meet. Instead, be real. Take a look around what's happened. Everybody is moving along with their face stuck in their social media or listening to music or whatever it is on their headphones or earbuds. Again, leading to isolation and the breakdown of society. So how can all of this be overcome? Well, I went and said that we as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are the ones that God is planning to use it to transform our society. Now how can I say that? Well in the book of Acts in chapter 17. Paul ended up that he went to a certain area. And he and Silas were going and preaching the gospel. Sharing the good news. And the crowd got very excited. They were whipped up into a frenzy. And this is what it goes and says in verse 5 of Acts chapter 17. But the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. And they rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other brothers before the city officials shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house 
and they are defying Caesar's decrees, saying, There is another king, one called Jesus. And when they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they put Jason and the others on bail and let them go. But isn't that some testimony? The testimony is, when Paul and Silas came to down, they were considered to be two individuals who had the capacity of turning the world upside down. They were bringing social reform and change. You see, it isn't about the denomination you go to. It isn't about the church you belong to. It is about you. It is about your relationship with God. It is about your story as we brought out from Mark in chapter 5. How one man, one man, could go back into a city and share what the Lord had done for him. And that man's story transformed that community. That the next time that Jesus was to come back, they came out to meet him with another man that they wanted to see healed. Such was the hunger and desire to see Jesus. One man's story of what the Lord had done for him. So, as we bring this Heartland show to a close, let me go and put it to you yet again. What is your story? What has the Lord done for you? Do you know what the Lord has done? Are you aware of the transformation that has taken place in your own life? Or if it is that the Lord hasn't done anything, or you believe that the Lord hasn't done anything, then I would encourage you to explore your faith. Explore what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Why do I go to church? Why do I go to Mass? What is the significance of it? How does that impact my week? Does it have any impact at all? Because if the answer to all of those questions is no or I don't know, then I would suggest that our society is only going to go one way, and that is that it is going to get worse. But if you are someone and you know the answers, and you know what the Lord has done, and you know why it is that you go to Mass, you know why it is that you go to church, you know why it is that you go to fellowship, you know what your story is and how God has transformed your life, then here's my challenge to you. Tell the story. Tell your story of what Christ has done for you. Because your story and God's word has the power to transform our society. You, confessing what the Lord has done for you, can turn this world upside down for the better. I would ask you, please consider these things. And see how it is that God can use you. Finally, folks, just to let you all know, today at 6 p.m. in the Church of the Assumption, we are all joining together for our Christian Unity service. So if you are free this evening at 6 p.m., why don't you join us as we encourage and spur one another on towards love and good deeds and seeking our Saviour and Lord in the midst of all that is taking place today. So that's 6 p.m., in the Church of the Assumption here in Tullamore. Now, all that's left for me to say is thank you for listening to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, show you grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.